Good morning, everybody. I'm humbled and honored to talk to you today, and it's a lot of pressure. It's the third day of Black History Month, and I was asked to speak, and probably won't do that very much justice. Um, but what I will do is I'll share what's on my heart. Uh, that's a powerful video. And just to give you an idea how old I am, when I was in grade school, before Martin Luther King Day was a holiday, my mother would keep us home and play Martin Luther King's speeches, the entire deal, on an eight-track tape. An eight-track, if you're young, is like it's the size of a hymnal, but it's kind of like an MP3. Um, and she would play that, and she would play it loud. And I got to tell you, at six and seven and eight years old, I did not have an appreciation for what he was saying. That would come much later. I, I did not love those days because you're a little kid, and it's a day off, and you want to be out doing your thing. But I grew to a place where I could appreciate that. So Martin Luther King had that dream, and my parents and his generation, they did some work on that dream, and then maybe me and my generation, we did a little more work. But the reason why I wanted that to play today is because ever since the day that I set foot on Central's campus, you guys live that dream. You connect with each other. You love with each other. You break bread together. You care for each other. You support one another. And that is what he was talking about. And we would do well, us old heads, to take, uh, to take your lead and follow the way that you get it done. When in doubt, show some love. So I like that for that reason because I get to see it. What he was dreaming about, it was unthinkable at that time that we'd be in this room like this, mingled the way we are or on this campus. So um, if you would, just give yourselves a hand for the great job you're doing, loving each other in the spirit of what God designed for us. Seriously, you owe yourself that. So, you know, if you think that I'm going to take the time and share with you stories about great figures in history that were black or African-American, I'm probably not going to do that any justice. I'm not going to talk to you about ben Benjamin Banneker or or Frederick Douglass, or, or George Washington Carver. All those guys were wonderful guys. I would tell you that if you want to know more about those guys, go Google it. It's really good stories. It's good stuff. It's just not, it's not in my gift area, so I'm going to share with you from my gift area. I'm just going to give you, I'm going to share a couple of things that I think will help you. I believe that in recent times, people who have looked to we Christians, or organizations who have derivatives of Christ in their name for answers on how to be and what to do and how to love each other. And I believe that because we have perspective problems in understanding one another, we just draw on common labels and we usually get it wrong. Black people, white people, brown people, everybody, we get those labels wrong. We say that person is a blank. That person is a blank. And I think we get it wrong. So let me just share something with you and put on my glasses here. And this is about perspective. It's a guy named John Lubbock. He said, what we do see depends mainly on what we look for. In the same field, the farmer will notice the crops. The geologist, the fossils. The botanist will notice the flowers. The artist, the coloring. The sportsman will notice the wild game and the animals. Though we all may look through the same lens at the same things, it does not all follow that we should all see the same thing. And that's why you hear arguments and sad debates going on. He said, I'm a racist. No, I'm not. He said, I'm a hoodlum. I'm not a hoodlum. They said that I'm a, I'm a rioter. I'm a protester. They said, I'm a this and I'm a that. 
And I think what it is is the lack of understanding or even the desire to understand each other. And again, that's where my generation could take pages out of your generation because I see you guys give each other more understanding than we ever could. And so in trying to understand each other, people ask each other questions. So I have a friend. I've known him for about 20 years. And this is a friend. His name is Kurt Yorty. He's from Pennsylvania Dutch country, Amish country. And he will call me and ask me questions. Kurt is a smart guy. He knows a lot of stuff. He lacks emotional sensitivity, but he's my friend, and I love him anyway. So when he wants to know something, he's going to call me if it's something about black people. And very often in the last year, he's called me, and he said, hey, and it starts with, why do you guys? Which I know him, so fine, I can live with that. I know he's got a good heart. He's been there for me. I've been there for him. We've, we were good friends, so I, I'm good with that. Why do you guys? But he's asked me about four questions, three or four questions in the last year that I had to take my time to answer, and I know he was speaking in love. And one of them is, why do you guys have such a problem with education? Why do, you, why do you drop out of school? Why don't you finish college? Why do you drop out of high school? And then he and I, we do some investing, and he's like, we were woefully misguided, and we invested in some Pfizer stock earlier this year. And he, he's like, man, he said, why, why do you guys have a thing with the medical community? Why do you not... Where's all that distrust come from? And then the third question he asked, which is a really hot button, and I'm sorry for bringing it up, but if not now, tell the truth, then when? He asked me, what's, you, what's your deal with the flag? Why do you guys have a problem with the flag? And I'm going to tell you in story how I answered him. Um, and I don't tell you any of my stories to burden you. I don't want you to feel bad. I got a good life. God has been good to me. I got good health. I got good friends. I got people who love me. I got a good family. I got no issues. I'm sharing these stories so that I can broaden all of our perspectives. And so to my friend Kurt, when he asked me what our deal was with education, I told him about my dad. James Golden, 86 years old now, but he was once a little boy in Tampa, Florida. And multiple times on his way to or from school, James Golden was kidnapped, taken to a place Back then, they called them truancy schools. Literally picked up off the streets, first time at eight years old, and taken to a truancy school. Truancy school was a place where they sent kids who weren't going to school. Well, he was on his way to school. And they didn't give him school when they got there. They gave him hard labor, real work all day, and it was a rough deal. And he ran away several times and was taken back multiple times, as many of the kids in his neighborhood were. And these kids were taken there against their will. And my dad ran away multiple times. And every time he met with severe beatings and brought back. And then the seventh time he ran away and he got away for good. And so my result is I got to be raised by a dad who was a wonderful guy with a third grade education. And he made the most of it. He loved learning. He was self-taught. He became a great plumber, an air conditioning guy, and just did the very best he could to raise his seven sons. And his deal was, I want you guys to get a great education, but I want you to learn what you learn, not just wait to be taught it. And so that's where my family's view on education came from. Uh, and so I'm sharing that not to make you feel bad for my dad. He had a good life. Not to make you feel bad for me. I'm trying to give you perspective because people will say, oh, yeah, the dropout rate for such and such is such and such. Well, this is, this is a little bit of insight into where that comes from. So now the medical issue. Why do you guys have an issue with medical? Well, my issue, I really don't have one, but I understand it. 
I have a brother, Myron. He's five, six, six years older than I am. He was born in 1950 or 61, and he contracted polio when he was two, and they lived in Tampa, Florida. In Tampa, Florida, the polio vaccine was available. It was everywhere. But they decided that they would only take it to Tampa General, which was the white hospital, and they would not offer it to black people. So my brother contracted polio. And as a result, his left leg atrophied. It stopped growing. He had probably 15, 16 surgeries throughout his life to break and stretch his leg and break and stretch his leg and break and stretch his leg. And his leg is about the width of my wrist from hip to heel. And so when people go, well, I got some distrust for the medical community, I want you to just understand where they're coming from. It's not, it's not rooted in ignorance. It's rooted in the only knowledge that some people may have. So I just want you to appreciate that. And you're like, well, why are you hitting us with all this? Because I want you to understand the people that you're going to have to live with and work with for the rest of your life. And last one on the education, I was bused. We lived in two large cities when I was growing up, and we were bused from our neighborhood, which was in the inner city, way across town, to schools. And when I got off the bus the first couple of years of that, beginning of the school year, there were people waiting for us on the seat with picket signs, saying, grown-ups saying mean things. And the pictures I still remember that they had on their picket signs till this day. And then we would get escorted into class for safety, and we'd sit down. And the first thing that we would get to do when we stood up, what do you think that would be? What do they do in school? What is it? The pledge. And so to answer my buddy's question, what is your deal with the flag or the Pledge of Allegiance? I don't have a deal with it. I live in America. It's the greatest place in the world to live. I am grateful. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I have freedoms and opportunities and access to capitalism, all kinds of wonderful things. But what is my issue with the flag? I don't have an issue with the flag, but I do have memories around it. And so I didn't answer that question. I said, let me just share an exercise with you that I learned as a child in high school. If you can take a sentence and change the emphasis on the words, it changes the meaning of the words. And so I said, Kurt, hear it like this. I think of my dad, by the way. Think of my brothers. Think of me getting off that bus as a little kid facing adults who were literally hating my guts before they got to know me. I said, Kurt, I pledge an allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, what was your question, Kurt? And that's the best I could do because I have question marks, and I'm going to be honest. And I have said the pledge, and I've stood for the national anthem out of respect for my white friends, and I have lots of them. And I have done that all the way up through my 53rd birthday. I'm 54 now. And now I figure, you know what? How about I start a conversation? How about I start a dialogue? And that is what my intent is to do. And if you're in this room and you're a person of color, I'm going to ask you to give your white friends some leeway. They don't understand. And that's okay. And they might ask you questions and it might not feel sensitive when they do, but they're trying to understand. So put your arm around them and show them some love. It's a two-way street, this love thing. Zach, Pastor Zach, 
did a devotional this week that was quite excellent, and he read something from Galatians. Okay, lock screen. You don't have to work. He read something from Galatians that was uh, shared something that was that was pretty powerful. And as soon as I get my hands there, okay, let's see here. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye all are one in Christ Jesus. That is base camp. That's the foundation. That is the starting point. We can't go anywhere else until we get that down. I promise you, that's what works. And you, know, you might be thinking, well, Coach Mark, that's cool, but I'm not Christian. Here's what I know. Christian or no Christian, truth doesn't change. Everybody in this room has one thing in common. We got a heart and we got a soul. And here, I'm going to tell you what's special about each of us. I'm not just going to tell you what's special about black people. I'm going to tell you what's special about each of us because that's the thing we have in common. What's special about each of us is that we were made in the image of God, the guy who created everything. And God wants us to know something about him. And if we learn this one or these few things about God, we can do anything. The first thing that God ever did is one of the main things he wants us to know about. I know if I say God is, we can fill it with a lot of things. God is love. God is the author and finisher of our faith. God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He is almighty. You know, he is, he is, he is our savior. God is all of those things. But I'm going to tell you what God wanted us to know first about him. Pastor Zach, I hate to put you on the spot, but I trust that you're going to be able to hit a home run on this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Got it. That's what God wanted us to know about him, that he creates. He is the creator. He literally makes something out of nothing. And the cool thing about that is, is he made you and 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 everybody in this room exactly like him. We are creators. And let me tell you, the devil roams around like a roaring lion doing anything that he can to help us forget that we are creators. You came to school so you could become better creators. And if we get sidetracked and distracted with failing to love each other, it's going to thwart our creativity, and I don't want that for you. And so God gives us a recipe on how we can be more like him and create. You know what the second thing God ever did? He spoke. And so God created the heavens and the earth, and the next line says, and the earth was without form and void. He's like, man, I made this awesome thing. I made this earth. Then he looked at it, and it was just a big old clump. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And he's like, man, that's not what I had in mind. That's not what I was going for. And here's what I want you to understand, that obstacles are a part of life. And whenever intention is set, disruption follows, even when you're God. So we're not going to live a life without disruption, but we've got the tools to navigate disruption. We've got two things. We've got what God used next, and we have love. 
What God used to navigate his disruption, to bust through the disruption, is he used his voice. Now, my basketball team, I already asked Miss Missy Mays if y'all could have extra credits because you've heard my sermons. And this one is probably no exception. But God wanted us to know he is a creator and he has a powerful voice. And then he wanted us to know that he made us in his image. You have a powerful voice too. And we can use our voice to help create what we want. And so the next thing God did is says, God said, let there be light. And apparently somebody heard because the lights came on. And I'm not telling you this to empower you or motivate you or charge you up. I want you to know the truth. Our institution has Christ's name tucked inside of it. Churches have Christ's name tucked inside of it. And recently, far too often, no one is willing to tell, not enough people are willing to tell you the truth. Ooh, I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't want to upset donors. I don't really care about people's feathers. I really don't care about donors. Because when people couldn't get donors doing the work of Christ, he enlisted tent makers. That's people who work for themselves and make the money to get the mission done. So I'm not trying to appease anybody's feelings. I'm trying to help you young people understand that you are on the right track. Do not let anybody deter you and get you on one of, this, one of these us versus them tracks. It's not real. It's fake, it's, it's dangerous, and it's harmful, and it has nothing to do with God. When I get sidetracked, I make myself go to the Scriptures. Uh, I think it's Isaiah chapter 5, but don't quote me on this. The whole chapter is really, really good. Um, Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. Them that put darkness for the light and light for the darkness, and put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. And There's no shortage of people who will do that, who will tell you bad things are good and good things are bad in this world, and you need to know the Scriptures so you can find out for yourself. And what I'm telling you is, the church, the people who follow Christ, don't want to say that out loud. Well, I am, because I don't really care. I'm telling the truth today. There are people that want you to not get along because it suits their interests. And you guys saw through it, and you continued to love each other, and I appreciate you for that. I respect you for that. I want to learn from you for that. Um, what I want to share with you that is most important today is God gave us a formula. He's the creator. He has the powerful voice, and you do too. I get that. But he gave us a formula. Pastor Zach, do you have your Bible with you? Can you read something for me? I just want to share you God's share with you God's formula. Like Coach Mark, this ain't Black History. Nope, it's not. You got Google. You don't need me. You probably know more about history than I do. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Black future, white future, your future, young men's future, young women's future, is directly tied to what I'm talking about. You have a formula to do and be all that you want. God gives it to us. We just have to be obedient. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God gives us his formula. I call it the, the do, be, have formula. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. He made us all the CEO. He put us in charge. But before we take the reins, he gave us, he told us what to do. He told us to be, do, and have. He told us to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That means work, replenish the earth. It does, it also means multiply in the biological sense, but you all get that and you don't need me to teach it to you, right? So he wants us to be diligent workers. Be diligent workers. If you want people to respect you, don't expect them to respect you because of what you look like, because you're tall and short or incredibly good looking. Or People are going to respect you when you follow the be, do, have principle, when you're diligent in your work. If you want to have success, you have to trust that God has truly empowered you. It tells us in there, it says, subdue the earth. What subdue means is to trample down. If you remember just a few moments ago, I said, whenever intention is set, disruption follows. Man, it's January. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start doing my thing. I'm going at 5 a.m. to the gym. I go out and start my car, and it doesn't start. That's disruption. The be, do, have says that in the doing, we should subdue the earth. That means trample down disruption. The weeds that would stop our harvest, trample them down. That's the doing. And then have, we'll have dominion. We'll be in charge. But if we don't trust that we're creators and we don't use the power of our words properly and we don't, and we're not diligent about our work, nothing of that's going to happen for us. And we're going to be sad. We're going to be miserable. We're going to be unsuccessful. And we're going to need somebody to blame. And Zach, you are the problem for all my problems. You're not really. You know that. But I'm having a rough time because I ignored the formula, so I need somebody to be ticked off at. Nope, doesn't work that way. God gave us everything we need. We can use it or not use it. And here is the thing. There will be times when you will be met with strong opposition. People will be unfair to you. They'll be mean to you. They will not like you. They will disrespect you and disregard you. And you have to keep your focus on what you were created to do. And when you can't do that, because maybe you missed one piece of the formula and you're not having the success you want, because God, maybe, maybe everybody's not going to have great success at the thing they set out to have. When you cannot do that, you have to fall back to the one thing that God gave everybody. We can all get straight A's in this. And this is, is I can't be good at anything, but I can be good at loving my brother and my sister. Love means overlooking the shortcomings. Love means accepting someone's apology. Love means give as much love you, as you can, and when the person or the, the, the people you're trying to give love to reject that love, then go, go move on and find another group of people to love. That's what love is. And you guys do that. So I'm preaching to the choir on this, I know. I'm learning more about that from you than you ever would from me. And, and I appreciate that. You know, I, I just wanted to get up and say this because I don't hear it. I don't hear it. And, you know, um, I was telling somebody that we should stand up 
in front of our students and let them know that this is Central Christian College and it's a place of love. And regardless of what the world tells us that we should be at odds with each other and at war with each other, that we love you. And if you are a person of color and you are a brown person and you're not getting fairness in many places in the world, you'll get it here. And we care about you. And the people that are aligning themselves with skinheads and neo-Nazis are wrong and it's evil. I wanted somebody in this college to say it. You said it this week. I appreciate that. I didn't want them to bury it in 3,000 words of text. I wanted them to say it. So I'll say it. You're loved. You're important to God. You're safe here. And look, if you're on staff and faculty, and I'm ruffling your feathers, I'm sorry, but my obstinance and my difficulty and my impossible ways, hey, they've probably worked on your behalf at one time or another too. So it's just somebody else's turn right now. I promise kids' parents all the time, yes, your kids are coming to Kansas, population 14,000. Um, and they're, well, coach, I know that's a small town. Is my baby going to be safe there? Are they going to be okay? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir, they are. So if I'm making that promise, then I need to let the students hear here that Central Christian College does not support racism, racial insensitivity, and we're not going to stand behind it. And that, by the way, that, by the way, means even when I have to have the same level of sternness to people who look exactly like me. Because I'm not cool when our music drops the N-bomb or degrades us. I'm just not. I don't accept that. We are not going to degrade ourselves and be children of God. So I'm going to tell the truth to everybody. That's, this might be my one opportunity, probably my last one. I'm cool with that too. Because I'm not here to please man. I serve an audience of one. But I'm going to tell you, Ladies and gentlemen, while we're on our music degrading us, you know, the devil was the minister of music before he was thrown out of heaven. So he knows how to package the ugly inside of the good. Well, Coach, I'm not listening to the words. I just like the beat. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, the beat just called you and your mom and your whole generation, the B word, the N word, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Nope. Not acceptable. And it's not just rap. Because I listen to it all. I'm eclectic. Is that, is that word right? So... God made us creators. Anything that interferes with us being good at that, we need to get rid of. Anything. All right, I sidetracked. So I like this. Why am I talking about this today? I'll tell you why. Because America became unfriendly to me in the last four years. I, we made such great progress when I was a little kid. And I'm not being political, I'm just being honest. And I, this has always stood out for me. First, they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out. So, I hope you'll follow me in being bold, but boldness alone doesn't get it done. The most important piece of the formula, and I'll leave you with this. Disjointed, I know. I, I could have put it together tighter. I just wanted to tell the truth and get it told, and I wanted to see if I had something I could share that would help somebody. So let me give you the last and most important piece. Well, or not. Okay, fine. 
No turn. I don't care. Can you tell how old I am, ladies and gentlemen? All right, let's see here. If you flush everything that I shared with you today, get this one. You want to be happy? You want to be meaningful? You want to help somebody's life? Get this. If you forget everything else I shared. The Bible has a chapter that is widely known as the love chapter. And I've always been crazy about it because, well, it's quite poetic, but, and I do like poetry, but it's just awesome. And when in doubt, it's what I get to use when I get mad at people, when I get, when I get upset with John Walker for draining too many threes in my face when we're playing basketball, right? I can always fall back to what's right here. So let me just share that with you, and then we will let you get back to class. It's the love chapter. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, I read the King James, it says charity, but the word is love. When I point at you, would you do some response for me? When I point at you, just say love. Can you do, would you do that for me? If you will, say yes. If you will, say yes. If you will, say yes. You're good. You want to go home today. You got it now. We're caught on. Okay. Though I speak with the tongue, and by the way, the word's love when I point at you. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and I have not, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, what a sacrifice, and I have not, it profits me nothing. suffers long, and is kind, envieth not, vaunteth not itself, and is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. It seeks not her own. It is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It rejoices not in iniquity. That means evil stuff. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when we which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And I'll skip down to the end. And now abides faith, hope, these three things. But the greatest of these is, and I'm going to tell you, you're like, Coach, why'd you give us that? Because it's a great place to end up. If you can't get any of the other stuff right, we can always get love right. We can always get love right. And love is just trying to understand you know, I shared a couple of stories when we started, and I don't share a lot of those stories. The one about my dad or my brother, I've probably told that maybe four times in my life. But I was sharing one of those stories with somebody that I respect very much, and they looked at me with a serious face, and they said, well, I get it. Everybody has a story, but I don't want to be held hostage by your story. Well, if somebody else's pain and suffering makes you feel like a hostage, 
You're not being held hostage by their story. You're being held hostage by what's in your heart or what's not in your heart. I challenge you to open up to one another and get to know each other, to learn how to care for each other, and to tell the truth when it needs told, and to give hugs when, it needs to, when hugs need to be given, and to keep embracing the people beside you. You'll be connected to them for the rest of your lives, and it will not matter what color they are. It will only matter that you all are living out the mission that God had designed for you, which is to be creators, use your voice powerfully, to be, do, and have, and most importantly, to, to, okay, I thought you wanted to go home. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful people. I thank you for these great students. I thank you for the lead that they have taken in love. I thank you for the courage that they show just by coming back and showing up every day and being their very best. Help those of us who work here to be worthy of these students that have offered themselves to us over the next several years. Help us to do a good job in service to them and help us to love them entirely and completely. Help us to remember that our party is the party of Christ. Help us to remember that our most important work is the work that you have commissioned. We love you. We love each other. We thank you for the opportunity to worship together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.